calling, love, experience, joy, faith, passion, experience. It's time to take the jump and go all in. It's time to go all in and discover your purpose. It's time to go all in and follow the call God has placed upon your life. It's time to go all in on the amazing things that God is doing right here and right now. It's time to go all in and invite others to join and experience God and His undying love. So, so what's, what's stopping, stopping you? Go all in. Good morning, church. Wow, you guys are awake. I don't have to do a repeat this time. So I was just back there and I was just, oh man, I'm just amped. I'm just amped. Okay, maybe a little bit of the caffeine, but, um, but just, just kind of experiencing the worship and just kind of thinking about even this message series that we've been doing and just the conversations I'm having with people. And even as Pastor Martin was out and praying that, you know, I think sometimes we get comfortable. We get comfortable with the level that we're at. And I think I just want to, I mean, even as somebody who works here, I'm just like, how blessed we are and how exciting it is to be a part of a church that is alive. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. Right? You know, and there's something about being a part of something bigger than yourselves, being a part of a movement, being a part of a group of people, being a part of a mission that causes you to rise higher, to go deeper in your life, that makes you want to just spring out and get excitement and passion. You know, when we think about this idea of finding our life purpose, there is this innate thing of needing to attach ourselves to something that's going higher than we already are, that's going quicker than already, already going. And when we think about this idea of all in, that becomes part of it, getting all in into something. And so Pastor Martin, every time he gets on stage and he reminds us of this message, he says two things when we talk about this idea of being all in. One, as individuals, that our entire selves, all of us would go into what God wants to do in our life. And also that all of us, corporately, as a community, would get into the mission of what God is doing. So think about for a moment some of the great movements in the world or even the things that you've noticed or the things that you're seeing out in the world that get you amped and excited. There's just something about being a part in the midst of a movement and an excitement like that. And I want to challenge us today that when we look at finding our life purpose or finding our purpose in our life, to be able to do that is to get all in. Or another way to look at it, the best way to find your purpose is committing to something bigger than yourself. You know, when I was listening to, I wasn't here last week and I was speaking um, at, at this event over the weekend and I was listening to Martin's message and I was thinking about this idea what he's talking about, the apostolic church, this church that is excited to grow, this church that wants to equip people into their faith and into their gifts. And as I was listening, I was like, I was getting excited. I wanted to be a part of that. And I was like, oh wait, I am a part of this. I'm on staff. But I hope that that got you excited because what I want to talk about this morning builds right off of that message. And if you weren't here last Sunday or you um, haven't listened to it after the fact, I really encourage you to head over to our message section of our page or to go on YouTube or to find us on iTunes or Google Play and listen to that message, this idea of what God is trying to build as his church. And we want to be 
as a church, all into what God is doing. And one of these images of seeing how people in, in the early times of right after Jesus, that they were all in and they attached themselves to something bigger than themselves. They committed themselves to something so much bigger than they could have ever imagined. When Jesus shows up onto the scene and God, and Jesus, or Jesus shows up on the scene and they look at him and they were thinking like, you know, they believed he was a Messiah, but they were looking only at their circumstances in front of them. The medical conditions, the food, the Roman Empire. And Jesus is like, man, I've got something so much bigger in mind than this. If we go into the book of Acts, look at what it says about these people. As Jesus, he's, he's died on the cross, he's rose, and he's, he's met with people, 500 and some people of witnesses, and the Pentecost has happened, and Jesus has gone up to heaven, and everybody's excited. And this is what the opening kind of scene to this movie that we call the Book of Acts, this is the, the opening scroll of thinking about Star Wars that we see of this church that's setting the foundation of being committed into all in. And this is what the author of Acts says. He says, they committed themselves the first three words in there are going to be the anchor of this whole entire message because, because they made this decision to go all in, because they committed themselves to this mission, to this greater exciting thing that was going on. Look at what happened. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, talking about the 12. And then later, as Martin talked about, Um, in his message last week, that there were more than the 12 people that were building the church, equipping the saints. So they they committed themselves to this movement and these people, these leaders that were looking to grow the church. So they committed themselves to the apostles, the, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe because all of this crazy stuff was happening. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in wonderful harmony holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's needs was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple and followed the meals and followed by meals at home every meal a celebration exuberant and joyful as they praise god people in general liked what they saw and every day their number grew as god added to those who were saved just imagine just put yourself for just one second just imagine put yourself in this position what was going on now, I want to I make something really clear. It wasn't all roses and puppy dogs at this point. The church in Jerusalem that was mainly what was being described here was also being persecuted. At, so, at one point, they were, they were being persecuted so much that they had to be dispersed, which, if you look at the history, is part of God's plan because, just leave that verse up, because, because, God wanted what was going on in Jerusalem to spread out. It wasn't just about them and what was going on and the excitement, but they wanted so many, they wanted the world, Jerusalem and the surrounding cities and the Roman Empire and eventually into the lands that people didn't even know existed that would happen. But in the midst of this moment and all these circumstances, there was this excitement, there was something being birthed here. And we get to be part of that movement, but just imagine what that would have felt like, all that would, that would have brought. See, because they committed themselves, because they 
committed themselves, they were able to witness so many amazing things. See, if they were just living their life and going, ah, there's something going on over there, but I'm too busy. I've got all these commitments. I've got this business. I've got my family. I've got all this stuff that's going on, which is important. But they saw something that they were able to say, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit myself to this thing, this revolution that is beginning, this thing that is exploding in the midst of me, and instead of allowing it to run by me, I'm going to jump onto this train that is moving and be a part of that. Or I've said this in, in different messages, and I'll say it again, like thinking that, you know, God's presence is like a river, and Martin has talked about this as well, and getting in the midst of his presence, and if the river was running across this line on the stage, and we were to be standing over here, and thinking for a second that, you know, man, there's just all these things going on in my life, and all these trials and struggles, and, and I, I need a breakthrough in my life. And we were, we're begging and praying and wishing and trying to rearrange all the circumstances over here and praying and hoping that God's presence, his river that's flowing, would just defy all senses of nature and move itself over to align to where we're going. And what God so much more often than not, if not all the time, is asking, I'm already working somewhere. All you need to do to alleviate some of the circumstances, not, not, not that they go away, but when we want to work through those things, looking for that breakthrough, seeing to be a part of something else, you need to pick yourself up where you are to figure out where God is moving, where his presence is, and go all into the river, all into his presence. Get into the middle of what God's doing, and it's in this place. It's getting committed to this idea, getting committed to the movement of God that you get swept up and you get to be a part of something that you find your place, you find your purpose, that you discover your gifts and your passions, you find breakthroughs in your own life and your spiritual journey and things start to happen and chains start to fall off. It's in this place, it's getting all in, it's committing yourself to what God is doing. It's when you find yourself here that things start to happen. See, we can live this committed life in two practical ways that I want. There's so many other ways you can do this, but for today, and this is going to be a mantra for us as we move forward into the fall and into the new year, in these two terms, the first, or just put them up, or sorry, I don't think they're up yet. Sorry, these two terms, yeah, they're there. I got my notes mixed up. To serve one, to bring one. That was a terrible reveal because I was mixed up. So when we think about this idea, if we want to get into the middle and be committed in two very practical ways, we need to serve one and we need to bring one. Why do I have these two terms? Serve one, bring one. One plus one is two. Well, one of the things that we announced at the first service of this all-in message series was this idea that we are going to two services in the fall. And we're going to two services in the fall not because we've got this overinflated idea of where we're going, or the fact that we've run out of space so much, even though that is part of the reality. But the reason is, is that we're trying to make more room, more room for God to expand in our midst, to be able to reach more people, to bring him into the things that he is doing, to be committed themselves, to be a part of, to get all in into this great, amazing thing that's going on. And so now we have two services. We've got options We've got things that can happen. We've got, you know, pre, you know you've, you've got two things before you. And so now you can serve one and bring one. 
And so when we look at this idea of like that you get to be a part of what's going on, you have these options not only in what service you get to be a part of, but you have more options of being able to serve and also to be a part of something else. So I want to unpack these two ideas this morning and what I mean by that. So the first one is this, is to serve one. If we put up this verse, it says again, they committed themselves. Well, what was one of the ways that they committed themselves? All the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. There was this idea that, you know, that every person, it says that there is no Jew, there is no Greek, there's no man, there's no woman, no slave, no free, that under Jesus, under Jesus, we're all equal and we hold everything in common. Now, let me be clear. What I'm not talking about is that every person is a carbon copy of each other. See, unity does not necessarily, or let me rephrase that, unity does not ever mean uniformity. That every person needs to look alike, speak alike, act alike, dress alike, have the same gifts, do the different things for the kingdom. No, no, no. God's going, hey, I'm this amazing, creative, cosmic artist who wants to pull all of my creation together as this mosaic of individual expressions underneath one unified canvas. Or as one pastor put it, we're like different musicians inside of an orchestra. That every one of us has a skill, every one of us has a gift, every one of us plays a particular instrument, but Jesus, who is the head of the church, the Bible says, he's the one who is in charge, he is like the conductor. Every one of us plays our part, every one of us has a role, and in the midst of that, Jesus is leading and orchestrating so that as we play our part, if we play on tune, we play the notes that have been given to us, that it sounds like this wonderful music. We have, we're not uniform. We're not all playing the same thing. We're not all playing the same instrument. But when we're in unity and an orchestra together, it makes this beautiful music. But when we all have these different ideas or the different things or we're not paying attention to the conductor or to the instrument that's been given to us or we're not playing the notes that are before us and we start playing our own different type of music or our own different sheets and then all it just looks like chaos. And so God wants to pull all of these things together in wonderful harmony for every single one of us to play our part. And part of that, so what we talked, what Martin talked about last week was, was the, the building of the church, what the, the roles of the apostles, the leaders, the, the church growth experts, the coaches, whatever you want to call it. And part of that role was to equip the saints. Part of that role, as us of a staff, what we're called to do, we come down and we do our part. We've been gifts. We get into the trenches. But also, it's, if, if it is just us, if it's just the, the, the small, the few, then we are, are limited. We become a ceiling. We're unable to accomplish. Think about uh, a four-piece, you know, instrument band that are playing a piece. And think about a large, massive orchestra, the different sound that those two things make. It isn't that the small piece, the small church, the small organization, the small team, it's not that they don't have impact. But when there's other people that can come along, just the sheer impact of that sound of that orchestra has so much more impact. Like, if you look at, like, bands, there were different bands, like, um, the only one I can think about is, like, Metallica. (laughs) Don't judge me. Metallica, in one of, one of their tours, they actually put an orchestra behind them. 
And it, and it wasn't that what they had wasn't representing the music was, but it changed the dynamic of what they were presenting and brought it to a whole new level. And it was we as a church would come into perfect harmony in orchestra together to be using different parts of this mosaic onto this canvas. We as a church can become the great masterpiece that every single one of us, the Bible says in Ephesians, have been given these gifts and these talents and a task to be done even before the foundation of time. This is how wonderful and creative God is before anything was set into place, before the foundation of time, before he, he formed you know, the earth and the cosmos out of chaos and nothing, he was already going, I got something for you, I got something for you, I got something for, like he's dreaming and knowing. And it's when we actually come in to his presence, we come into all into the river, when we are playing the part that God has given us, because here's the thing, let me, let me be really clear about something. God is never going to ask you to do something you hate. Now, hate and hard are two different things. You may have to go through trials to become mature and develop and go through these things because there needs to be forming or maybe something happens and it isn't God that brings you through it, but God has this amazing tendency to redeem and flip and use and go, man, that's horrible. I, I could use that. I could use that. I could use that. Let's, let's use this. Let's form it. So it isn't that it's, it's hard, but where he's bringing you, because he knows you intimately, he wove you into your mother's womb, he's never going to ask you to do something you weren't created to do or you weren't hate, you, that you would hate. Now, maybe you think where he's leading you, oh, I can never do that. I remember sitting in the office with, with Pastor Martin and we had this shift in some of our staff and some of our, our operations manager was leaving to get her dream job and, you know, we, we had people that were rising up because they were being equipped and they were they're coming out and they're coming into staff positions and I was sitting in Martin's office and we're like, okay, well, what's the next step? And I just had this thing in my mind that, well, we had two options. We could hire somebody from the outside as an operations manager, as an executive pastor, or where I was leading next that maybe I can fit into this role. And I remember Martin saying to me, are you sure you want the job? And I said, I don't. Like, executive pastor. It seems like a bit of an oxymoron. You know, pastoral people care, numbers and finances and operations and systems and structures. Like, I... I at the time, I was the only other pastoral staff, and so I was thinking, man, if we even had a few other pastors, it could be called senior associate pastor. Like, I was coming up with all these different ideas because I wanted anything else other than this title. Because I was just like, man, people are going to wonder, what does that mean? What is exact, like, or other pastors that I know, I was like, oh, you're one of those guys. <laughs> so you're, you're like kind of a pastor, and I didn't want to lose the human connection, the discipleship, because I was at the core of who I was. And I say this to Martin, and I've said this to a few people. I look back now, and I go, no, no, this is what I was built for. Like, I don't want anything else other than this title. I keep telling Martin, like, I don't want your job. I never want your job. <laughs> because God has placed me in a position of where he gifted me. I didn't even realize it. I resisted it. But I was faithful to surrender and allow God to do work in my life. And hindsight, looking back, because that's how it always works. You can't see the path. You're like, oh, that's what he was doing. But if we could trust, we get into his presence, if we can be in alignment, if we can commit ourselves to something bigger than ourselves, to be all in common with each other, that that mosaic can happen. See, by serving together to serve one, we're able to hold everything in common. Think about it like this. The difference between a hotel and a hostel. Does everybody know what a hostel is? Everybody ever done backpacking across Europe? 
And you go to these, you've got the option, you can spend the money and be in comfort in, in, a, host, in a hotel. Everything's done for you. But there's something about backpacking across something like Europe and, and going from hostel to hostel to hostel. Well, here's the difference. In a hotel, you walk in, you go, the bellhop's there, he grabs your bags, you go to the counter, you hit the little bell, and somebody comes out, and if you're lucky, you, spend, you know, speaks in an Italian or French accent or something, depending on how exotic of a country you're in, and hopefully you guys speak the same language. And then he gets your bags, and they bring it up into, you know, your, your room, and they're all set there like... Like, there's something about that experience and being served that way. But the church was never meant to be a hotel. The church was never meant for people. There's a season for guests to come, and we'll get there in a second. There's a season, and if you're a guest here this morning, we want you to feel like you're having a hotel experience. We want you to be served. We want you to feel welcomed and cared for. But at some point, if you call Gateway your home or you're a part of the church, Jesus is calling us to being wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. It's no longer about me. I really encourage you after this service to go home and read Philippians 2. It says, you know, do not consider equality, sorry, he says that we must not only think to our own interests, but the interests of others, thinking of others greater than ourselves. He says, you know, looking at Jesus, our very example, did not consider equality with God something to grasp. Even though he was God, he did not consider, he didn't say, hey, I'm God, look at me. He said, but no, he humbled himself. He lowered himself. And when he found himself in human likeness, he humbled himself even to the point of death. That's the example we get. And so as we are followers of Jesus, like Pastor Darian spoke about when getting off of the sidelines, when this, this idea of being a believer isn't just simply sitting on the sidelines, this idea of serving isn't an option. It's just this next step in our faith is to say, now what do I do? What's my purpose? What's my passion? What's my gifting? What's the instrument God has given for me to play inside of this great orchestra so I can be a part of making wonderful music? And so when we view the church as a hotel about what I get out of it, and let me just say, we want you to get something out of church. We want you to grow. We want you to receive. That's a part about being on Sunday morning. That's what this is all about. But we, you are also filled up so that you can also give out of yourself. If all you do is give, 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 you'll burn out. But if all you do is take, 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 you're going to get fat. Spiritually lazy and fat. And none of us want that. And so there needs to be a take and give. And so the better model is a hostel. When you show up to a hostel, everybody does their part. There's shared rooms. Everybody's doing the work, the cleaning, the, the dishes. It's the shared community that's a part of it. And that's why the cost when you go to a hostel is so much lower and why people go into that because they're being a part of something. You know that this isn't even that big of a struggle inside outside of the church? I've chatted with people and I actually had this conversation with some people and they're like, well, yeah, if you're part of any type of community group, you put your kids in any type of, of program, you put, you know, those type of things that, you know, there's a certain expectation that you're a part of what's going on. So you're part of an, as a, as an organization or as a group that we are a part of, that we are all sharing and seeing what is going on. And here's what happens is when you, it isn't just even the fact that there's an expectation that you are supposed to do something, but when you don't use your gifts, when you're, not, when you're sitting there not playing your instrument, there's something missing. There's something missing. So we move from, if we go to the next slide, from hotel to hostel, two things that I want us to move this, from comfort to adventure. 
that we're moving away from, and maybe this is why you're scared, you're going, yes, but it's, it's, it's comfortable, it's enjoyable. But moving to the hustle model, being a part of on mission and being all in common, part of this orchestra, this mosaic, is all about adventure if you want to see. You know, think about those ideas of those people who scale mountains, who go to those next levels, who start business, who's, who break the glass ceiling. We all want these things in our lives. But to be able to do this, we actually have to, we actually have to accept the call of the hero's journey. Just like any great story, be it Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, the Iliad of Homer, Harry Potter, you know, um, <clears throat> all of these great stories are, they take the same story arc of the hero's journey. That there's this call, there's a conflict, there's a dragon to be slain, there's a treasure to be found, there's something to be faced, and you come back home, but you go back a different person, something greater, something outstanding, that you've experienced those things. If you're sitting back looking at the world and seeing everybody else living their life and you're sitting back wondering, I wish I could do that, you need to actually act upon those things. If you're going to scale a mountain, you don't one day wake up and say, all right, I'm going to do it because you ain't going to get very far. Or the person who says, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. They don't just one night sitting on the couch eating an entire bag of potato chips, going to sleep, and the next day waking up, putting the number on their chest, and then running 26 miles. They ain't going to make past the first mile. They need to get up. They need to run around the block. And the next day, it's twice around the block. The thing what I'm saying here is that you, the first thing is you need to take a first step. If you're going to take the part of being a part of the great adventure and seeing yourself doing these things like scaling the mountain of your life, you actually need to do it. You need to get into the presence. There needs to be an action. And you say, enough is enough. I know God's got something greater in my life. I know there is a value that's there, but I know God has something for me on the other side. And I want to be a part of this great orchestra. I want to find my purpose in life. And the other thing is this. When you choose to be in a hotel, everybody is serving you, but you're isolated. You don't, if, if you're ever part of, um, I've, I've worked in the, in the service industry and there's all of these things inside of the community, inside behind the scenes. You know, the, the people that clean the rooms, the people that do the kitchens, the people that take care of the front desk, people that take care of the roads. There is this community that's happening all around you. And if you're going into a hotel and you're by yourself, you're isolated. But if you are a part of a hostel, if you're part of a group of people that are banding together to accomplish something greater than themselves, then you are going to be a part of community. So if you're sitting here and you are worried about taking that next step or you haven't plugged into a group or a workshop or Gateway Academy or an internship or a part of a team or a part of inviting other people into what we're doing then you might be isolated and, you're, and you're, you become the own, your own ceiling in your life. And so we want to see you move from comfort because you're, you're not going to move any further than that into adventure because it's in that adventure that God can show you and discover who you are as a person, your gifts. And don't, don't, don't think for a second, I'm not gifted enough. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm, I'm, this is what's going on. My, God is a God of the impossible don't allow the limitations in your own mind to stop you from what God's, I got something for you. I was just chatting with somebody who's, who's going into the place of as ending, who's going to be retiring, and is thinking, I want to go into this gateway internship because I want to go back to school because I believe God still has something for me. Where most people are winding down their lives are going, what's next? What's next? What's the next hill I can take? 
And of course, we want you guys to be in community, and it's in the midst of other people around you banding together that you're able to grow and be invested in and supported. So as we pull together and make this church our own, we can also serve the guests so they can have a great experience and eventually make this place their home and find their fit. And so the second thing is to bring one. We want to serve one. We want to bring one. And notice what it says this. As they committed themselves, and what's amazing, they're seeing all of these things happening, and then people, people in general, not just the people inside the four walls, or the people that were meeting inside the church, but people in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were being saved. That there was this excitement, there was this energy that was happening, and other people were like, there's just something about these Christians. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it but I'm going to go check it out. And other people were inviting the man. They're saying, man, you, you got to hear about this experience I had. You got to hear about this person named Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this, and I was saying this to uh, the team as we we're running through, people in general like what they saw. Not every person is going to like what they see. And that's okay. Maybe it's because they're, God, they're not ready to take that leap and they're still hostile, or maybe this isn't the church for them. But they are a part of a journey of finding where their community is. But it's in people in general liked what they saw that as a church that we're trying to grow, as a church that any person could be a part of, any person can find life and hope and love and grace and excitement. And I can tell you from talking from people, story after story after story, that people in general like what they see here at Gateway. And because of that, every day their numbers started growing. You know, this church since, um, I mean, from its beginning has grown. There was a season of drought. And when the leadership of this church prayed and the trenches prayed and they came, that church, our church started growing again and coming out of that drought. And every year since, we've seen this growth, seen this church grow year after year after year. And as we prayed about moving to two services, it's because we knew that there was going to be an acceleration that's happening. We need to make space so other people can come. So here's the thing. Let's go to the next slide. It's preference over purpose. So when we talk about this idea of serve one and bring one, see, one of the cool things about having two services is that you have options. You've got options now of going where service you're going to be a part of. But It's more than just preference. It's more than just options for us. Because we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. It's more than just the hotel experience. Now, I want to be clear. We want you to have options. We want you to fit into the place that God has called you. But that's the important part, where God has called you. And we find our purpose, our life purpose, it's more than just preference. So when we say serve one, bring one. We want you guys to see where you fit in your gifts and serving, but we also want you to realize that that the service that you attend, and it doesn't have to be this black and white, but we also want you to see that the part of your purpose is also bringing others to experience what you're experiencing. So you serve one service and you bring somebody to another. Now let's look at these stats for a second. They're staggering. That 80% of churches in North America have plateaued or declined. What that means is, is that the church is astronomically growing outside of North America. North America used to be the hub of the church, and we sent out missionaries, and now they're actually sending missionaries back into North America because we're, we're plateauing. 
and some churches are on a decline. And so the kingdom of God is still growing, but we're realizing as a church in North America that we're missing the mark, and we need to start thinking through different ideas. And Gateway has always been one of those churches. Who are the people that are least being reached? Who are the people that nobody wants to go to? How do we change our message so it's more accessible? How do we do all of these things? Because when we look at stats like this, we're like, no, the kingdom of God is growing, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We are not satisfied with this 80%. But here's the thing. Yes. Here's the thing. The reality is, is look at the next stat. 94% of churches in North America are losing ground in the communities that they're in. What that means is, is the population of the communities that churches are in are growing faster than the attendance growth in churches. So not only are they they're plateauing per se in where their growth is in comparison to your past, but so many people are coming into our country because Canada is an amazing country to be a part of. That they're coming from all around the world and there are more people showing up who need hope and love and healing and faith and an experience with God that the church can't keep up. And our prayer and dream is is that that the, the small task that God has given us inside of Gateway, that we would be part of the movement that would kick this trend. So here's where you come in. Go to the next slide. Now this, this stat bothers me. On average, 80% of people who decide to check out a church did so because they were invited by somebody. 80% of people who check out this church, 80% of people who go to church is because they got a personal invitation. The power, the power of bring one, the power of come check out, hear who this God is, taking that risk. But here's a staggering percentage. In churches across North America, an average of 2% of people in churches actually invite somebody. 80% of people who come to church do so because somebody like you said, come check out my church. Come out on Sunday. And we've got this great event coming up called Fall Kickoff. It's going to be awesome. There's things for the kids. It's going to be this great thing. There's performers, all that stuff. But 2% of people are willing to take that risk. Now imagine for one second, we're talking about this as a staff, and somebody said, hey, imagine if we can get that to 20 Just think about it like this. Imagine if we got this number from 2% to 4%. We would double in size. 4% of us. That's it. 4%. What if that 4% was 8%? What if that 8% was 16%? We would already, by the end of the year, start having to ask, okay, I guess that two-service thing was a joke. We need to go to three services. Because so many people would be experiencing, there'd be so much life going on. But the thing is, is that that can't be landing solely on the staff. That can't be landing solely on video campaigns on, on Facebook. The most powerful thing is you. You hold the power to see a life change by the simple act of bring one. Now, there's going to be some people that are going to turn you down. And I got a friend that invited his buddy all through grade 12 every single week. And finally, the guy at the end of the year was like, all right, Peter, enough is enough. I'll show up to church. Just stop asking me. I'm not saying that's the tactic that every person should use. But he came to church. He experienced God. And his life was transformed because of the faithfulness of one person who wasn't willing to let up. Imagine, church, if we could beat the odds if we could start kicking the trend, if we could see this 2% could become 4%, this 4% become 8%. And we want to help you guys with this. So 
One of the things that we're going to be changing as we go into the fall, we've got fall kickoff coming up. And there's going to be an action step today, and that's going to be on the serve one. But later in the series, we're going to have a bring one challenge. But also, so fall kickoff's coming up, and this is one of those great events to invite somebody. But we don't want to stop there. I think that we've done a disservice to you guys that we've allowed you guys to believe that there's only three or four times a year that's really good to invite somebody to church. Because we put all this effort into fall kickoff, Christmas, Easter, and now Canada Day. But isn't it true that every single Sunday is a good Sunday to bring somebody to church? We look what goes on behind the scenes inside of the creative arts and our kids' ministry and youth and all of that, that there's so much energy that when you show up, there, people are like, wait a second, wait, 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 wait. This is, this is what, this is church? People are shocked. If you can get people through the doors, I guarantee you, any Sunday, they will be excited. They will be shocked. And so here's the rhythm. There's fall kickoff. We are still going to put all this energy into it. We need you guys to be the ambassadors and representatives carrying this hope into people. With, and these invitations are a way that, hey, come out to this event and here's all the information. They don't have to worry about remembering anything. But after fall kickoff, we're going to have these amazing message series that are going to be following. And every new message series, we're going to have a promo video. We're going to remind you guys and we're going to give you invitations because... It could be that message series. It may not be fall kickoff, but it could be the message series prayer changes that resonates with that friend or that family member, that coworker that goes, man, I could use that in my life. And so maybe it wasn't fall kickoff, but it's prayer changes, or maybe it's Advent, or maybe it's another message where you go in the new year and want to see this rhythm that week in, week out, there are opportunities to kick this trend to move the 2% to the 4%. And so as we get closer in the first two Sundays of September, we're going to be pushing this hard, and I want you to remember these stats. Because when we talk about these invites, when we talk about fall kickoff, this is what we're talking about. It's people out there that need to experience what you have found. So we're going to go to two services, not because... We've hit a ceiling, but we're going to two services because we know we need to make more room for more people to show up, for more people to experience that love and that hope. And that's what this is all about. So let me challenge you with this. Here's the challenge. Don't assume someone else can fulfill your calling. I'm going to invite the band to come up. Don't assume someone else can fulfill your calling. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that there's a lot of people in this room and maybe you're thinking to yourself, maybe something is just, your heart's racing or something's getting you excited. There's just this, or maybe you're sick to your stomach because you know something's resonated with you. Let me just say this. I haven't got off the stage and started talking. Like, I can't actually even see most of your faces. So I'm not looking at you and going, oh yeah, you over there. I know, I'm, I literally can't see you, so I'm not pointing at you. Don't worry. But maybe that's the Holy Spirit saying something to you. It's time for you to get all in. It's time for you to move from hotel to hostel. It's time for you to get into the middle of what God's presence is doing. It's time for you to pick up that instrument and play the notes that are before you. It's time for you to find your purpose. And to find your purpose is to commit yourself to something greater than yourself. And so don't allow the excuses, I'm not gifted. Don't allow the excuses, somebody else will do it. God's given you a calling. And maybe something's rising up in you, something in this message is stuck to you. It's not me, 
not me inkling on you. It's not me telling you this. It's actually God. It's the Holy Spirit saying, I want you to focus on this. I'm bringing something up. No matter who you are, young, old, rich, poor, struggling, you know, free, all of this, the Bible, it doesn't matter. What God's looking for are people who are willing, not people who got it all together. So don't assume someone else, somebody else in this room is going to fulfill the calling that God, before the foundations of time, made tailored for you. Don't assume somebody else is going to be able to play the trumpet and the saxophone at the same time. That would be a really talented thing and a cool thing to see. But they weren't built to do that. You were. And so part of that calling is that you're going to grab an invitation at some point later in the month and you're going to get excited and you're going to be praying. And I challenge you now to start praying, God, who's that person or two or three people that you want me to invite to fall kickoff? And then in the next season, it'll be whatever the next best series, next best series. But for today, for today, I want to focus on serve one. Bring one will come later, but today, one action step to serve one, that you are somebody who's been sitting on the sidelines, who's ready to get all in. Maybe you have no idea what that looks like. That doesn't matter today. That does not matter today. All you're going to be saying is this. Yes, Lord, I'm ready. I don't know what it looks like. I need help walking through it. But yes, pick me. I'm ready to go off the sidelines. I'm ready to get into the middle. I'm ready to be part of the orchestra. I'm ready to be committed. I'm ready to live to my calling. So here's what I want you to do. There's a card tucked in behind the connect cards. It'll say, bring one, serve one. It's right in the front pouch. I want every single person to pick one of these up. If you're already on a team, you're, you're not, you're not, you don't get to get out of this. Because there's something for everyone this morning to do. Because we're going to accomplish two things today. And we're going to pray over you because you have a calling. You've got a commission. God has a purpose for your life. We want to believe that with you. We want to stand with you in that. And so when you grab this card, you're going to see a couple things. You're going to see the top says, bring one, serve one. This is our purposes. We've got options to serve one and to bring one. But then it says the first service and the second service. Here's what I want you to do. If you're somebody who already serves on a team, I want you to check off the box of the service you plan on serving at because on the other service you're going to attend and as God leads you, you're going to bring people. All right? So you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to serve on the first one. Or maybe you're like, I really don't care. I'll, I'll check both of them because I'll serve anywhere you want. Okay? And then on the bottom, you'll see these different options. You'll see kids ministry, youth ministry, hospitality, creative arts, and our prayer team. And maybe you're already on a team. I want you to check that team that you're on, or maybe you're thinking, I want to get, I want to go all in. There's another level for me. I don't want to check that off. Now, if you're not on a team currently, and God is resounding with you, I want to challenge you that God has something for you. You're going to take that card again, too. You're going to pick which service that you're going to serve in, because there's another one you're going to attend, and you're going to bring someone. But also, maybe you're not sure. Maybe you know where God has placed you. You know, the gifts are, and you have been running away from his calling for so long. Or maybe you don't. What you're doing here is all you're saying is, I'm ready to take that step, and I want somebody to walk with me. So you're going to check off the interest groups that you're in, and we will walk with you. Let me just say this. There's two types of people who serve. There's the people who quit because there's too much to ask of them. And there's the people who quit 
because we don't ask enough of you, that you've got this greater capacity. You're ready to go. Well, as when we connect with you guys, make that clear. Because we want to work with where you're at. Maybe you have got just enough capacity that you can take one step. We want to honor that. We want to bless you. We want to serve you. But maybe you're ready. You know what? I can do more. I've got more in me. I'm just waiting for somebody to let me run. And as we connect with you, or even on the back of that car, say, I'm ready. We want to grow with you guys. Okay, I want you guys to stand up. You've had enough time to fill out a card. And what you guys are going to do, we're going to pray over you guys. We're going to close this worship. Spencer is going to come on out. He's going to close the service. He's going to talk about the offering. And as you walk out and you're giving your offering, you've got those cards. Drop those in the offering bucket on your way out. But right now, I want you guys to put that card up in the air. And we're going to stand with you and believe with you as you take this step. You're saying, I'm going all in. All right? If you're already on a team, you've indicated what service you're going to be serving on. And if you're not on the team, you're taking that step. Everybody just close their eyes and raise up your hand. Raise up that card because we are going to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you come upon these people. You break off the chains. You show them who they are. You show them their calling. Give them the courage and the strength to realize that they're ready to take that next step. And as they take this step, that you empower them, that you guide them, and that you show them and fill them up with all of your presence, your anointing, because you have called them for this moment to serve one and to bring one, and this church would just explode, and this church would be growing, and that we would kick the trend of seeing people coming to faith, experiencing God's love. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, let's worship God.